Uh, it's where I want to take my thought from, and then we'll go ahead and uh, we'll have a word of prayer. So if you're able to, uh, why don't you stand to your feet? Let's reverence God's Word. We'll read these verses, chapter 9, verse 13, 14, then verse 15. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll seek the Lord to help us tonight, all right? Look what it says here. It says, Behold... The days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine and all the hills shall melt. And I'll bring again the captivity of my people of Israel and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. And I'll plant them upon their land. They shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I've given them, saith the Lord thy God. Let's bow for just a word of prayer, and then we'll go ahead and, and get into the word tonight. Father Lord, we are grateful to be here, Father Lord. I am so thankful that I'm your child. I'm thankful that I can call you Father tonight, all because of Jesus, because of your grace, your mercy, the shed blood on the cross of Calvary. And Father, Lord, we need you tonight. I'm thankful for the day you've given us. I thank you for the Sunday school lesson we had, the Sunday school time this morning, the morning service, and the wonderful singing we had this morning and blessed my heart even this evening, the time of fellowship we've had, we've had the visitors that have come. Father, Lord, just want another to be able to be here tonight, to be able to kind of slip away out of the world into a refuge for, for a brief moment of time tonight, God, just to focus on you, and that's what we want. God, Father, Lord, we recognize and understand you are with us, God, and I pray that you would move in a way, God, that would help each and every one that's here, Father. Lord, I pray you'd give us what we need individually. And God, I pray, Lord, you'd speak to us. Lord, help me. I cannot do this on my own. I need your touch and your help. Would you help me? In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The book of Amos is a smaller book. He was just really a farmer, but God had called him to his people basically to prophesy and to tell them that the judgment was upon the nation of Israel for their disobedience. And he did that. He faithfully did that. I've always thought, boy, it's hard. And sometimes we see it today. Uh, you know, it's easy. Um, and I love our church when, you, when you, you preach it, you're preaching to those that will receive it and understand it and want to hear it. I mean, if you're here, hey, you're wanting to hear from God. Praise the Lord. But when we go out and uh, if we go on the street or if we go handing out and you're trying to talk to somebody, maybe others that don't want to hear, it's a little bit harder. And a lot of these prophets in the Old Testament, they were preaching to people they didn't want to hear. And, uh, but they were faithful to that. They followed through what God had said. Now, I know a lot of this is, 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 is judgment towards Israel. A lot of that is focused on that. Um, uh, that's where a lot of the book of Amos is at. Uh, this, what we're reading here about the future restoration of Israel is basically what he's talking about here. Is the Lord finally, and aren't you thankful that as, as messed up as the world may be, the Lord's going to straighten it out one day. Amen. And, and, and that's, all, that's where our hope lies. But he's talking about the future kingdom and the blessings of it. But you have to remember, if we were to start at the beginning of this, this little book of the Bible, boy, he's just kind of peeling the hide off of them and, and talking about all the things that were wrong and the judgment of God upon them and the disappointment. But then he does say in the end, and praise God, that God says, listen, I'm going to receive my people. 
I'm going to I'm going to restore those waste cities. I'm going to place you back where you need to be. And and uh, and, and he goes on to say that, and that's kind of what we're looking at. And the reason I want to be here is is I, I feel that we've got the 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 regular the actual application of the scripture in a nutshell. What I've told you, but I want to take a practical application for our church kind of where we are. So many things have been going through my mind and my heart, just what God's doing with, with the land we were able to purchase and with what God's doing with uh, the future building and all those things that we're going to be able to be, be partakers of. And I thought about verse 15. This I came across it in my Bible reading, but I could not get my mind off of verse 15 when, when he says this. So I want you to understand the application of, of the Scripture, but then the practical You've got a prophetic, you've got the regular scriptural application, you've got a prophetic application through scriptures, and you have a practical application. I want to pull out the practical application that can apply to us out of this verse. But, but as he's going through, think about us, think about what God's done, and look at verse 15. He says, I'll plant them upon their land. And boy, just I guess because of so much is going on, I was reading the other morning, I thought, praise the Lord. You know, hey, we're, we're, we're a church plant from Mayfield Creek Baptist Church in Weir's Cave, Virginia where we'll be. And, and he says, I'm going to plant them upon their land. Now, I know he's talking about Israel, but we're, we're talking about a practical application for us. And then he says, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. And, and so my thought was this, and I just I want to give you just some, some thoughts this, this evening and just some reminders. Like I said, I think we need to keep the ball rolling on what God's doing and what God's done with the church. We need to, hey, God's doing some great things. Uh, and, and with that being, being said, just thinking about what God is doing and what God is going to do, uh, praise God, He has taken us six years ago when God laid upon my heart to start this church. And through that period of time, God has brought each and every one of you here to be part of this work that God has, has, has established. And although we may be leaving this little building to go to a new building and a piece of land, uh, I, I, I desire and, and I'm excited to see who else God may bring, what else God may do, to see these children grow uh, under the, the, the right things, Brother Jason. And I thought about the fact that, praise God, He has given us some land. This is, this is the Lord's work. This isn't my church, it's God's church. Amen. We, the body of believers, it's not about a building, it's about a body of baptized believers that have come together to make up the church. And I thank God for what He has done and, and what He is doing. And I thought about some of these things in the verses, though, and just made me think about some things for us as we continue on uh, that we just need to be reminded again. There's a lot of things I I'm going to do, and I don't know why then the Lord's just put it upon my heart. And I just keep thinking back to the book of Deuteronomy, Brother John, when they were, we were experiencing a lot of that blessings, and God said, I want to remind you, you're going to live in houses you didn't build. You're going to reap from harvests you didn't harvest. Uh, you're you're going to do all these things that you did not do, lest you, hey, and don't forget me. Enjoy the blessings of those things, but lest you forget the Lord. And what I'm saying to us, I want to remind us throughout all this time and what God's doing, we cannot forget who deserves all glory, praise, and honor. It's the Lord. Amen. And we need to realize why he's doing what he's doing. Just as God said to his nation, I'm going to plant you. I'm going to, listen, you may have been rooted out before. It was because of judgment. But the day's coming. I'm going to put you right where I want you. And I thought, praise God. 
Brother David, he has Old Paz Baptist Church right where he wants us. Amen. Brother Jason, we ratified that contract. He's made it clear to me as, as sure as you're before me and I'm standing here. That's where he wants us. He has planted us and placed his church, praise God, on that piece of land. Amen. For a purpose. Amen. For a purpose. And I thought about this. Just three quick things. Just three quick things about this, out of this, that I think we need to be reminded of as we, as we get excited about what it is He's done for us. And we should be excited, amen. <clears throat> hey, there's nothing more exciting about getting a piece of land to building a church, praise God, uh, and seeing what God's going to do. But three things we need to understand in the importance of that that we must be reminded of. Number one is we have to reach the lost. We have to reach the lost. I thought about this when He said, I'll plant them upon their land. I thought about planting Thought about seeds, and you think about the crops, and a lot of what's getting ready to take place in farming today. They put the seeds in the ground. They plant. Hey, they they plant plants, and it takes a seed, and those things that they place in the ground. And I thought, you know what? He has planted us. Praise God, brother Jason. He has placed us in an area, but not just for us to be on that land and rejoice in that building and keep it to ourselves. But He wants us to go out of there, Amen, and to reach others to sow the seed that they. They may come and be planted, amen, in part of the work to what he's doing at Old Pass Baptist Church. Amen. We need to always remember that, listen, through the fact of why we're there, we need to remember part of why he wants us there is to reach the lost. Turn to Mark chapter 4 with me. Like I said, we're going to come back here, but Mark chapter 4 in your Bibles. Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read a familiar passage to you. It's starting in verse 1 down through verse 9. You understand this, the parable of the sower, but I just want to once again, like I said, remind us. We need to be reminded often of what he's doing. It says this in verse 1, Mark chapter 4, verse 1, He began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. So, and like I said, we know this, but just think along with me. So here you got a sower, he's just, he's just letting it fly. I mean, by the wayside, that's alongside the road. He's just letting her eat. He's just letting her eat. Then it says, and some fell on the stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. So, I mean, he, he, ain't, even, he ain't even being picky. He's just, he just letting the seed go. He's just letting the seed go. Then it says, verse 6, But then the sun was up, and it scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath an ears to hear, let him hear. Now, now if you really, if you were to look at this, and I know some of this stuff I'm repeating and you probably, it, it'll, it'll strike a chord in your mind. If you were to look at the first part about this one sowing, you'd say, do they even know what they're doing? They're just sowing seed. I mean, I mean shouldn't they be... Uh, going and specifically just going to that perfect little spot. No, hey, they're putting it on the wayside. Hey, some's falling in stony ground, Brother Jason. Uh, some's falling amongst the thorns. But praise God, hey, it's still getting to that good ground too, amen. Right. 
But if you on the top surface, you say, well, let the, does, does the sower even know what they're doing? I mean, it almost appears that they don't know what they're doing. But listen, nowhere in this passage, even when we talk about the seed being sown on the wayside and the stony ground and, and, and the thorns, does Jesus ever rebuke the sower for sowing like that? You want to know why? Because listen, the Word of God is good for everywhere. This Bible and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is good for everyone, anyone, and everywhere. Praise God. Amen. And sometimes the world may look and say, well, why are you going there? Why y'all go down to that Shenandoah Juvenile Center them kids and they're locked up? Hey, listen, you know there ain't no hope. Why would you go there? Why would you go there and sow the seed? Praise God, Brother Hostetter. Jesus said, hey, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. And when we go and, and we've been planted, praise the Lord, and we've, we, we're able to be uh, on that land, in that building, I'm telling you what, Brother Jason, we need to take the gospel everywhere. Amen. Everywhere. We don't just need to go to the certain neighborhoods. Or, listen, we need to go everywhere, amen. Right. We need to reach the lost. We're to sow the seed, the Bible says. We're to sow. In Matthew, it speaks of the sower being Jesus himself. It says he sowed his seed. Now, we know if you read down through here, the sower, it says in verse 3, the sower uh, soweth the word. So see, it's, it's us going out, giving the gospel. In Matthew, it says the sower sowed his word. What does that mean, Brother Jason? That means Jesus Christ, even when he was on this earth, hey, he preached, he shared with them. Listen, and guess what? The very same things that we see here in this passage are the very same things you'll see over there in the other passage. What does that tell you? When Jesus was on this earth, he went to people that didn't receive it either. If we're just expecting to go to people that's going to receive it, and that's all we want to do, and that's all we're going to go, listen, we're not being obedient to the Lord said. The Lord said, I want you to go everywhere. If they were going to come in, hey, he wouldn't tell us to go. Amen. Amen. And we need to realize that, listen, we, we, can, we can be thankful for what we've got and thankful for what God's doing, but listen, we can't keep it to ourselves. We need to reach the lost. Amen. And realize this. Here's something that's important. When, when, when it, it speaks there about when the, it fell on, some fell in the thorns and got choked out, and it talks about some by the wayside, some fell by the wayside, uh, and it says, it says there by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And you think about the fowls of the air, and you think about the devil, he's the prince of the power of the air. Uh, but, but here's what you have to understand each one of these pieces of ground represent the heart. The devil didn't get the word from the barn. He didn't get the word out of the satchel where the seed was being sown, Brother David. He had to go get the word out of the heart because we know from this parable every piece of ground that's talking about the wayside ground, the stony ground, the thorny ground, and the good ground represents the heart of individuals. What does that tell you and that tells me? Praise God, this Bible works, amen. If you'll preach the word, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Listen, we just need to go preach the word, amen. We just need to give people Jesus, praise God. Listen, hey, yes, the devil snatched some out, but where did it penetrate? It got to the heart, amen. Listen, I don't want something superficial, Brother John. Hey, I want where God's in it and God's working, amen. And we have to understand, Brother Jason, that hey, praise God, it made it to the heart. What does that mean? That means this, that there's power in the gospel to reach the heart of an individual. We need to understand that. 
You look at these people in verse 13, he explains the parable. It says, He said unto them, Know ye not this parable, and how then uh, will ye know all parables? He says, The sower soweth the word. So we see here, he's talking about a sower. That's you and I taking the word, the very gospel of Jesus Christ, to a lost and dying world. And then he says this, And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. See, Satan, he had to go where? Where was it sown? Into their hearts. By simply what? Just going and giving them the truth, Brandon. But it made it to the heart, praise God. And then it says this, it goes down through here and you look at this uh, and, and you see in verses 16 and then 17, 18, 19, he kind of breaks it down. But I want you to understand something. That verse 15, listen, hey, that's where people maybe have heard the word for the very first time or maybe uh, they, they have just simply, uh, uh, they, they have heard it maybe uh, once or twice, but it didn't take root. Listen, how many of you got saved the very first time you heard the gospel? What does that mean? That means this, just because you go and give somebody a track or tell somebody about Jesus Christ and they don't receive the Lord, you don't throw up your hand and say, well, that's no good. Right? right. This first group, Brandon, is those that, hey, praise God, they got the truth. But didn't take root. But God said, my word will not turn void. It wasn't, it wasn't in vain, Ben. It, it had a purpose. I thank God for all the times, Brother Jason, even when I was living wicked and undone and living a lie in my life. Hey, listen, every time my granddaddy would tell me something about the Word of God and give me truth, hey, it penetrated. It penetrated, Brother David. Now listen, I walked away from there. Hey, and listen, it, it wasn't an immediate thing and I thank God for His grace and His mercy. Hey, listen, it took a long time, this boy, but I thank God, Brother John, that hey, I can look back and each one of those times that seed was put out, praise God, Brother Hosseter, is penetrating. Amen. And listen, we've got to realize we've got to reach the law. Listen, here's the important thing we've got to understand when it comes to our church and, and what God's doing and what I was thinking about. I thought about being planted. Yes, we're planted in that area. Thank God He has planted us in that area to be a light to those people. But here's the important thing. It's not how many are going to respond to the gospel, but it's that they have an opportunity to hear the gospel. Right. See, there's your difference. Everybody's worried about numbers today. It's all about numbers, numbers, numbers. I guarantee every time you talk to somebody or, or even you share something, well, how many of y'all running? That's a million-dollar question. It's not about numbers. It, well, how many got saved? Well, does it really matter? Listen, all Jesus said to do is go, amen. It's not as much as how many responds, Brother John, as that they get a chance to respond, Amen. And God has planted us in a place and we're going to be in a place that I guarantee you we're going to come across some people that have never heard a true, clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say around here, around here. Listen, we see kids in that jail that have never heard a true, clear presentation of the gospel. If you truly ask somebody today, do you really understand the gospel? If they're honest, most of them will say, I really don't. They have heard bits and pieces. Brother Jason, that's why it's important for us as God's people to, to go and to reach them. So you got that first little section of people there. They're kind of the ones that just hear it the first time. But then look at verse 16. It says, And those uh, are they likewise which are sown on the stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root. Now there's your important part. In themselves, see, where the root in themselves 
and so endure, but for a time afterward, uh, when the affliction of persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now understand, who is this talking about? Listen, th- this is those that really don't take root. We've got a lot of people like this today. We've got a lot of people like this. There's a lot of people who've made professions. You talk to a lot of people out here and said, you know, oh, I know God. Listen, if you talk, go knock on doors, everybody's going to heaven. The Lord said, broad is the way. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. There's a whole lot of people on a real broad road of Christianity today. It's real inviting. It's real broad. It's Hey, no rules. Come as you are. Do as you want. Hey, live how you want. It don't matter. Hey, that road leads to destruction. He said, straight is the way and there is a gate that leads to eternal life. Amen. Why? Because Jesus is the only way. So you got a group of people here that it really, it really didn't take root. Maybe you go, and we, we've seen this. We go down to JMU, them football games, and hey, maybe you slide, Brother Jason. This year we go down and we might preach, and, 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 and maybe we get that God. Maybe one of them's going to pierce, and maybe you slide one of them boys or one of them young ladies a track, and, and boy, Brother Hosseter, the preacher of that word, ha, has got their heart stirred, and they go back to their dorm, and they're sitting there reading that track, brain, and then here comes their buddies. Their buddies have been at the ball game. They've been doing what college kids do at the ball game. They come in and, and, and he's laid back on the bed. And he's reading this thing. I'm telling you, hey, conviction set in, Brother David. And said, what are you reading? Are you reading the track? You're going to get all religious? You're going to be one of them Bible thumpers now? You know what he does? He'll close that thing up and put it in his drawer and never go back to it. He was affected by the Word. It drew some emotion, but never took root. Never took root. You know what the Bible says in Isaiah? Jesus is the root. But it says here, it says here, it says they have no root in themselves. We've got a lot of people that profess with their mouths they know Jesus, but Brother John, they do not know him. They're going to be part of that Matthew 7 crowd where it says they stand before him and say, did we not cast out devils in thy name? Did we not do great deeds in thy name? He said, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. It's going to be too late at that point. Listen, it's important we reach people with the gospel. We've got crowds out here like this all in the Shenandoah Valley. They're all over this nation. But then you look down here and you go on down to verse 18. It says, And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of the other things enter and choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Now, I know a lot, and you'll hear some guys preach, some, some preach that these are saved and then they get held back. Some preach they aren't. Listen, I'm not going to I, I'm not going to split hairs over that. I believe they're not. And I, I believe it's because this very reason right here, Brother Jason, I believe this represents just your good, honest, hardworking people out there today in this world that don't have a problem with God. Hey, it doesn't offend them. They don't have a problem if you talk to them about Jesus. But they've just found no time in their life, Brandon, for Jesus. But the Bible says, What shall profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? There are some good people out here in this world today. Brother Hostetter, they're good, hardworking people. They're honest people. Hey, they do good deeds. They do good things. But they just can't find time for Jesus. On a day like today, they go to the lake instead of church. They just can't quite find. Listen, Sunday, here's what I hear people say sometimes. Well, Sunday's my relaxing day because with the ball field all day Saturday, and so Sunday's the only time I get caught up on yard work, I get caught up on that stuff. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. When Jesus saved my soul, praise God, one thing he did, I had a longing to be in the house of God around God's people and hearing the word of God. Amen. Amen. 
Why? Because that root is within me. And you got a lot of people today that, listen, they're good people. Hey, they, they really aren't opposed to you, aren't opposed to God, but they just don't really have time for God. But listen to me. The most important thing for you and for me, for anyone, hey, is that you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I tell them boys all the time down at that jail, I say, listen, you think the most important thing for you to do is get out of here? That ain't the most important thing for you to do. The most important thing you do is receive Jesus as your personal Savior. Because you could get out of here and die tomorrow in a car wreck and go to hell. But hey, you, you, you could get saved today and have to pull five more years in there, but praise God, he'll see you through, amen. Ain't that right, Brandon? Hallelujah. Amen. amen. What's the key, church? Thank God he's given us some land. I read that, that, that verse in Amos there. Praise God, the land he's given us, hallelujah. Thank God we'll put a building on that land, amen. Thank God we'll be there. We'll get established. But understand something, hey, when we're there, part of the reason God's got us there is to reach people with the gospel, amen. Because there are those in verse 20, says, and there, these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100, amen. Praise God, there's still some get born again, amen. amen. There's still some out there, Brother Jason, hey, listen, that they may be on the edge right now. They're one step away. They're one step away from entering heaven or they're one step away from entering hell. And praise God, Brandon, someone could come along and give them a track or tell them about Jesus or invite them to church and they say, hey, I know what enough's enough that's what's been missing in my life I've tried everything the world has to offer but that's what I need and they come to an old fashioned altar and they repent of their sin and brother Jason they finally let go and said no more of me steering my life Lord have control I've made a mess of it honestly I'm really not that happy there's always been something missing I've had the job I've had the homes but there's still something missing God take me away I'm wretched and I'm a sinner and I I need a Savior. And your word tells me that the only way I'm going to get there is you. God, I give my life to you. I've made a wreck of it. Take me if you will. He'll save their soul. Hey, he'll change their life. Amen. Amen. That's what that's talking about. Amen. Praise the Lord. We've seen it here in this church. Amen. Thank God. When we go up there and we're on that land that God's given us, that we'll reach people with the gospel. But look what he says back in our text, and I will plant them upon their land. And they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I've given them, saith the Lord. I thought about this, Brother Jason. Not only is it going to be important for us to reach the lost, but it's going to be important for us to be rooted and built up in this Bible. Amen. Well, I'm tired of, of, of seeing the battles and the heartbreak that Christians are having to go through today. Not that, listen, I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. Listen, we're going to go through hard times. But sometimes we bring a, we're bringing a lot upon ourselves right now simply just because we don't understand the God of this Bible and the things that God wants us to know out of His Word. Part of the reason that our church can be a light in that area is that we can root and build people up in the truth of the Word of God. Amen. Right. Now turn to Colossians chapter 2 with me. It's where I want you to go for this. Colossians chapter 2. Look what it says in verse 4. It's in this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. 
For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now look what it says here, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Listen to me. Here's something we've got to make sure of, something that's upon my heart as, as your pastor, as others, as God brings others, and as these children grow up. Brother Jason, we need to be rooted and built up, balanced in our Christian life. Think about it this way. When, when a car, we've all got new tires in a car, one thing they do is they balance and rotate those tires. If you've ever had a car that's out of balance, man, that thing will shake you to death. It'll jar your teeth. Get going in the road, man. I mean, I'm telling you, it, 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 it's like wheels going to come right off that thing. I mean, and all it is just out of balance. One little thing can make that ride terrible. I mean, I'm talking like, like you can't keep it on the road. I mean, sometimes new cars, they don't have them balanced right. That pickup truck that, 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 that I was supposed to give to work, you know, that thing was out of balance. And, and, and that was a brand new pickup truck. But it wasn't, the tires had never been balanced, Brother Hosser. Hey, God, that thing, that thing shaked. I mean, brand new truck all over the road. All they simply had to do is bounce some tires. That thing rode smooth as a cat. You know what? That can be the difference in somebody's walk as a child of God even after they get saved. You've got to have proper balance in your life. Where are you going to get balance? Here's your balancing tool. Here's your balancing tool. It, 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 it's the Holy Spirit of God. It's the preacher of the Word. Here's why. If you don't have balance in your Christian life, you end up hurting somebody. You're either going to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. If I drive that automobile long enough, Brother John, and I don't get that automobile balanced out, I'm going to put a danger to myself or someone else. And same thing with our Christian life. Listen, Paul said, I finished my course. I've kept the faith. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. We want to finish this course with joy, praise God. But we're not going to finish. Listen, I think what God has started, and I pray to God, and part of the reason that I'm rejoicing, Brother David, is if I'm long gone and dead, these children, that, hey, we can be part of a foundation being laid by God. And where's K, Virginia, that'll last well beyond my days if Jesus Christ tarries to come back? I'm telling you right now, Brother Jason, listen, understand when you think about that, if we're going to finish what God has started here, if we're going to see it continue to go on, listen, we're not going to accomplish that if we get out of balance. Right. We need to stay in balance. We need to stay in line with the Word of God. Let me just give you three quick things on this and we'll, be, we'll move on to one more point and I'll be done. I'm just going to roll through them because this is a message in itself, but I thought it was important. Faith. We need the balance of faith. Look what it says in verse 7 of the text. Let me back up. Go to verse 6. And ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, comma. He's talking to brethren. He's saying, listen, you're saved. You're born again. You're brethren. You're like me. We know Christ. God is our Father. He's saying, as ye therefore received Christ the Lord. But then look what he says. So walk ye in Him. Here's, here's where people are struggling today, Brother Jason. They have gotten saved, and they have gotten born again by faith. For by grace are you saved through what? 
and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. That's what saves us, our faith in Jesus Christ. We're putting up our sin and putting our faith in Jesus, Brother Hostetter. And people are saved by faith, but they're trying to live by sight. They have no faith in the Lord. Everything they're going to decide, everything they're going to do, it better be laid out. It better be right. They've got to understand it. It's got to be laid out. They're going to be miserable. The just live by faith. The Word of God tells us. In Hebrews, and for the sake of time, God tells us it's impossible to please Him without what? Faith. Guess what we need to do? We need to, just because through that faith it took you to get saved, you still need to live by faith now as a child of God. You just can't say, well, hey, I took all the faith I had and put in the Lord. I'm glad I'm going to heaven now. I've got to have everything mapped out, Brother Jason. I don't know what I'm going to do. Let me tell you what. There's going to be times we just got to live by faith. Thank God we stepped out in faith with this church. Amen. Thank God we finally said, well, you know what, me? I remember us meeting right there, hey, on a Wednesday night. I just feel like we're at the Jordan. We need to step out. We're going to pursue looking at other pieces of land. Very next day, Sean calls. The next day, next thing, uh, things begin to unroll. Now, praise God, we've got land, amen. Hey man, could I have told you back then, hey, here's where it's going to be. God's going to give us some land. Here's where it's going to be. This is what we're going to do. I had no idea. All I kept saying is, men, all I know, Lord's going to move us. That's what he's telling. I'm feeling that nudge. Pray with me. Praise God. Hey man, we just walked by faith and here we are. Hallelujah. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You're going to get out of balance in your Christian life if you don't have faith. So faith is part of balancing you in this in this. This, this, this rooted and balanced lifestyle, it may, may by, the, by the hand of God, as, as these children grow and as we grow and as others come into our church and be part of our church family, that we can be rooted and built up in the things of God. Amen? Strength will balance you. But the proper strength, look in verse 7, rooted and built up in Him. Humility equals strength. What's the first thing takes place? Rooted. That's down. That's humbling. That, that, hey, you're going to have to humble yourself to be saved. But then you're, you, we, we better remain of a lowly state. Humble yourselves, therefore, in the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, God's Word tells us. We need to understand that, hey, it, it's, it's, through, it's through being humble, rooted and then built up. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And in his, in his law does he meditate day and night. Now here's where it is. Here's, here's the fruit of that first part of those verses. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You know those trees that are planted by the river, their roots go deeper than most of them. They just keep going and going and going down in there. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. It's being rooted. It, 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 it's humble, humbly understanding, but, it, but it's also uh, it, it's being built up that we're building, we're being built up by Christ through His Word. We're being strengthened the right way according to the Word of God. Amen. It's important for us. Listen, we can have a hoop and holler and time in here and have a great time, but if we're not getting the, the instruction from the Word of God, we're going to go out into a world that's flooded with sin. We're going to get beat to death. 
But if we're going to be strong enough to withstand the, the winds of the world and the storms and the floods of sin out there in the world, we need to be rooted and built up, Brother David. Hey, that can happen in the house of God, praise God. That can happen, hey, in the Word of God, being obedient, living by faith, being obedient to God's Word, amen. And then your walk needs to be balanced. I need to move on. I'm, I'm taking up too much time. So faith will balance you, strength will balance you. You've got to have the proper faith. You've got to have the proper balance of that. You've got to have the proper strength. It's got to be balanced, rooted, and then built up. But then you've got to have the proper walk. The proper walk. Look over in chapter 1, verse 9. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with what? What does it say there? The knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now look at verse 10. That ye might walk worthy of who? Of the Lord, it says. Not of the preacher, of the Lord. And he says this, he says, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing the knowledge of God. Listen, our knowledge of God and our obedience to this Bible, Brother Jason, helps our walk. Helps our walk. If we want to please the Lord in verse 10, there's two things there we need to know. Number one, it says they're pleasing, uh, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing the knowledge of the Lord, being obedient, and, being, and that will therefore bring fruit. It'll bring fruit in your life as a child of God. Listen to me. Not only as a church, as we get out on that land, and, 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 and I'll go back to our main text there, uh, is it, do we just need to say, hey, praise the Lord, He's given us land, praise the Lord, He's given us a build, and now we just enjoy it ourselves? No, we need to go reach the lost. But also those that are within our flock and those that God may bring within the flock of Old Past Baptist Church, we need to be rooted and built up. Why? That we may withstand the storms. That these children can go out into a world hey, and still love Jesus and live for Him. Amen. That they've come to know Him as personal Savior. And then number two, and Brother John, they can withstand the winds and the floodwaters of sin in the world. And praise God, they can still stay afloat, amen. amen. And still live for Jesus. We need that in the world today. This world needs to see God's people living like He still lives within them, amen. 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 It's rooted and built up. And then here's the last thing, and I'll be done. He says this, And I'll plant them upon their land, in our, in our main text here in Amos, And they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord. Here's the last thing I thought about was this. What do we need to do? We need to reach the lost. We need to be rooted and built up. And we need to remain faithful till he comes. We just need to remain faithful till he comes. Joshua chapter 4, real quick. And I want you to look at this and we'll be done. The book of Joshua chapter 4. This is after they crossed the Jordan. Alright? Okay? The passage of Jordan, they're going through there. And, and they're, well actually they're getting instruction to go the Jordan. And, and the Lord, he talks about those memorials and those monuments to be set up. He wanted, why did he want those? He wanted those to leave those behind and leave them in a place that it might remind others of the great power that he possesses and who he is and who receives the glory and the honor. You know what we need in our life today? We need some monuments. We need some monuments. If we're going to remain faithful... Till the Lord Jesus Christ comes, Brother Jason. And see, that's part of my burden. Listen, it just ain't for me. It just ain't for my children. But it's for your children, amen. 
this foundation that God is going to be building on this land and building this new church. This isn't just, I don't just have my family in mind, but I've got people that I don't even know. I've got, hey, people that I, after I'm long gone, Brother Hostetter, if Jesus Christ does not come within my lifetime, that there will still be a church that was planted by God, that is rooted and built up, that is reaching the lost, and that is remaining faithful to the things of God until he does return, amen. And if we're going to see that happen, we're going to have to have some monuments. God's already laying some monuments, amen, in our life, but we're going to have to see. And, if, and, and I'll just give you these real quick, we'll be done. If we're going to see those monuments, we're going to have to follow the commandments. In verses 4 through 6, uh, here's what happened. God told Joshua, I want you to get 12 men, get some rocks. I want them to carry those rocks, and I want them to place them in Gilgal, and that's going to be a monument and a memorial that when people look at those and you bring your children's children by there and they say, what is this pile of rocks? Praise God, you can tell them there's a God in heaven that lives, amen. And hey, let me tell you what he did, praise God. And listen, we, hey, by this piece of land and by this building and by what God's going to do with this church, we can lay some monuments, amen, that others can see, praise God, and hopefully we can explain to them, let me tell you, the God we serve, amen. amen. To them, they may ride by and say, that's just a building on a piece of land. They may say, that looks to me just like a pile of rocks. But to me, praise God, Brother David, it's a whole lot more than just a building on a piece of land, Brother Jason. I'm telling you, it's a monument in my life, amen. There may be some days later on, praise God, I'm going to have to go right in the doors of that church, Brandon. And there might be something that comes in my life that feels like it's too much for me to bear. But thank God I can go back to the monument that God's going to lay, Brother John. And I and walk through the doors of that church, praise God, and just get on my knees and be reminded that God built that thing, amen. God placed that thing there, amen. And it'll bring some strength back, amen. amen. Thank God we can bring our kids and tell these children right here and other children that come through there, let me tell you how this building got here. Let me tell you a story about what happened. Let me tell you how this church got to where this church is at. Monuments, Amen. If we're, if we're going to have monuments built, we're going to have to obey the commandments of this Bible. If they were going to get those monuments to Gilgal, they were going to have, they were going to, have to follow the commandments. But also they're going to have to forsake the flesh. He told them in verses 8, then you see in 19 and 20, and for the sake of time we won't read it, but he tells them, I want you men, I want 12 of you men to grab some big old rocks and you're going to carry these across that Jordan. We're going to set them in Gilgal and we're going to have a monument. Okay, no big deal, right? Hold on. Gilgal, from where they crossed, was eight miles. Eight miles. Now, we like your little muscles. All right? Don't need to see them. Glad you got your guns covered and concealed. But after eight miles of carrying a big old rock, them things are going to get tired. I say, Brother David, pick up that big old rock right there. We're going to take that big old rock. We're going to take that thing to Gilgal. Because God says we're going to cross this Jordan and we're going to place that thing right there. And Brother Jason, you've got one. Brandon, you've got one. Brother John, you've got one. Ben's got one. Mitchell's got one. Ethan, yeah, he's got one. 
I want, I want y'all, I want y'all, I want y'all to carry these rocks. Okay, preacher. Off we go. After a mile, preacher. Two mile. Hey. You better believe somewhere down the line between when they started and eight miles down there, Brother Jason, the flesh didn't start saying, this is crazy. This is nuts. Can't we just tell everybody what God did? <laughs> I mean, do they really got to? I mean, okay, we got, look, we got 11 pretty ones out there. I mean, do they really need my rock? Hey, we need everybody's rock. You better believe, listen, hey, if we're going to lay some monuments, if we're going to see God do what we're praying God to do out there on that land, hey, if we're going to reach the laws, if we're going to be rooted and built up and be a place to where people can come and get Bible truth and get help and get strength, get hold of Jesus, hey, raise their families in a place that's a refuge from this world, hey, if we're going, if we're going to remain steadfast, bend until Jesus comes, hey, we're going to forsake the flesh. Because I can promise you this, in the back of your mind, somewhere along that line in this march on for the glory of God, I'm talking, we're carrying rocks for a monument. Well, flesh might start screaming up and say, put that thing down, aren't you tired? Back's hurt, arms hurt, let's just stop. Praise God, Joshua's a leader. He said, keep going, man, keep going, man, keep going, man. Praise God, hey, they got those rocks to Gilgal, but they did not do it had they not have obeyed the commandments. They did not do it and would not have done it had they not have forsaken the flesh. And if we're going to see, if we're going to remain steadfast for the sake of the Lord, listen, we are going to have to follow the commandments of this Bible. If we're going to see some monuments laid in our lives for these children to grow up, to come to know Jesus Christ and love the Lord and live for Him, praise God, then guess what? We're going to have to forsake the flesh because somewhere along the line, it's going to kick in and try to tell us what we're doing is crazy. And listen, the last one is this. We're going to have to focus on the divine. We're going to have to set our focus, Brother Hoster, not on things in this world, but on things above. Amen. Amen. Listen, when I sat in that banker's office, in that lender's office, and he began to, well, typically, here's how we do it, churches. Hey, we went to the first bank, and they basically told us they wouldn't do anything for us, and went to another bank and said, we're not going to do anything for us. I said, yeah, but hey, God's working. Here's what we've got. Hey, and, 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 and we have just listened to the flesh, and, and we have just looked to the world. Well, there's just no way. We can't do it. No, praise God. We said, listen, we know God's in this thing. Hey, we, we took our focus off what man can do. We put our focus on what God can do, and praise God, we've got approval. We're going to be closed on land pretty soon, amen, only because of God. But we didn't just focus on what man can do. We focused on what God can do. Amen. And it says, over, it says over there in our text, in verse 20, it says, And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. See, they made the trip. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For, and here's the important thing. They didn't say, hey, listen, we, I, God said, I don't want you just to tell them the sweet story, hey, how we whipped all them people. No, he said, for the Lord your God, amen. Now they're going to start telling them who gets the credit, amen. And it's not man, it's God. He says, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan from before you until you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which dried up from before them until they were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that it is mighty and that ye might fear the Lord your God. Amen. I'm 
telling you right now, listen to me, church. I thank God for what God's doing. I thank God for what He's going to do. I thank God, listen, for all that with the excitement we've got right now. But understand something. Listen, when we get over there in that land that God's given us, we need to remember we've got to reach the lost, amen. We've got to remember we need to focus on being rooted and built up so we've got something that's going to last. And we've got to remember we're going to remain faithful until the end. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to follow the commandments, amen. We're going to have to forsake the flesh and we're going to have to focus on the divine. So why? So we can take little children like this right here. Little girls like that right there. Young people like this right here. And say, let me show you what our great God can do. Amen? That they can be part of experiencing the power of God. Amen? That we can give them memory verses. As we're working on memory verses, hey, those little ears are hearing them. That's all it is. Amen. That listen, hey, that they that they they can know the word of God. They can have an opportunity to know Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. God said back in our text, and we'll be done. Ben, you can come to Penda now. And I'll plant them upon the land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land which I have given them. I like that right there, Brother Jason. God has given us some land. He has planted us and is going to plant us in Weir's Cave, Virginia, Brother David, to reach the lost, to be rooted and built up, and to remain faithful until He comes. And He says this, saith the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God. Lord, help us not to forget the Lord. It's exciting. Remember this, church. Even where God said, I'm going to take Israel back and I'm going to restore all the things that went wrong. And listen, all the things that are going wrong now, praise God, He's got the power to take a little group of people in a little town, Weir's Cave, Virginia, and plan a work for His glory and for His honor that other people can look and see the hand of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to have Ben play tonight. Listen, I'm going to open the altar. Sometimes we have an altar call, sometimes we don't. But I just want to...